This is a Pele Media Podcast. Welcome back to Jurassic Park Minute. Jurassic Park Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1993 film Jurassic Park Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And we're here to welcome you to episode, or excuse me, Minute number 31 of Jurassic Park. That's right. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing pretty awesome, man. This is um, a pretty cool minute. Uh, if for nothing else, we we get uh, kind of the, the the core conceit of the movie, I think, is is kind of dictated to us in this minute by Ian Malcolm. Yeah, it's, it's slowly been delivered to us, but... Uh... This is where we really get to see him putting it out there and saying, okay, I've changed my mind on this. Yeah. You know, sure, I was blown away by everything, my first impressions, uh, but I am really starting to change my mind on this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into the minute. If you're, if you're ready, let's do it. Let's do it. In the previous minute, Dr. Wu explained why all of the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park are female. At minute number 31, Ian Malcolm tells John Hammond that the sort of control he is attempting is not possible. Malcolm tells him that through evolution, life will break down the barriers that Wu has constructed. At 3120, Hammond mocks Malcolm's statement by saying, There it is. Dr. Wu questions Malcolm's statement. At 3130, Malcolm states that all he is saying is that life finds a way. At 3133, Grant walks away with a newborn dinosaur and examines it carefully. He asks Dr. Wu what species it is. Wu responds that it is a velociraptor. At 3150, Grant turns to Wu and asks him to confirm that he has bred raptors. Dr. Wu slowly nods. Grant looks down and strokes the chin of the newborn baby raptor. And thus ends minute number 31 of Jurassic Park. Life finds a way. That's right. Yeah, so that's where, we get, yeah, that's where we get the famous line, probably one of the more famous lines in the entire movie, and it, it really kind of the general conceit of Jurassic Park is in there. I don't want to say it's kind of the core of chaos theory, but it also kind of is a little bit. You know, like what he's saying here is kind of the general conceit of chaos theory that you can't predict things, something is going to happen. Uh, as we know, having seen the movie several times, life actually does find a way later on in the movie. And we'll get to that in the minute we get into it. But, uh, you know, it's been set up a little bit that the frog DNA is included. And then later on in the movie, you know, uh, well, we'll get into it when we get to that minute. Yeah. But So I can see how somebody might see the whole life finds a way uh, as an easy out for the script. Um, it really gives them an opportunity to just sort of do whatever they want to do. Kind of like... Um, yeah, it's the force or a wizard yeah. did it. You know, it's kind of the easy out. But at the same time, this is, you know, the entire core conceit of this movie is the, is the that, idea of chaos yeah. theory and evolution. And if, you know, if, like he's saying right here, if there's one thing we know about evolution, it's that life does find a way. You know, if a giraffe has to get a bigger neck in order to get the fruit that's yeah. at the top of the tree, eventually that neck's going to grow bigger just by process of elimination. And, yeah. And I don't like hearing people say that, oh, it's just an easy out, you know, right. because what is this movie without that? Is if that people is being that, chased by dinosaurs? Is that a complaint that some people have about the movie? I've seen it. Before. Really? Yeah. yeah. But I, I tell you, I've seen it. It's been like maybe one time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, I, I guess I don't understand it either because the entire movie kind of hinges on that yeah, entire point. That's you know? the whole it's like, purpose of yeah. the whole story. Yeah the, yeah. the whole story is about the fact that you cannot contain, you cannot control nature. Nature will, as he says, find a way. You ever had like maybe a, well, okay, I'll tell this story. So um, there used to be an abandoned building on uh, Government Street here in town. You, you, mm-hmm. you know where that is. And Government Street's going through kind of a revitalization right now. But for a long time, you can confirm with me that it was definitely not the best place to be. There was a lot of yeah, poverty and uh, a lot of businesses for, that had grown up in the 70s and 80s had shut down. So uh, on this particular street, there was one building that I used to drive past all the time when I was a courier for a law firm back in college. And there was a tree inside of the building. And the cool thing about it was that uh, you could tell this building had been shut down like sometime in the 80s. This is the late 90s, maybe early 90s when people stopped using it. Well, 
somehow this tree continued to get light because it was right by, right by the window. And I'm guessing it's getting water because the damn thing grew up two stories and started shattering the windows and growing it? out of it. Uh, I, I'd have to, I don't think the building's there anymore. I could show you buildings across the street from it, but you probably wouldn't remember it. But uh, it's just something that unless you were really focusing on the building when you were driving by, you wouldn't see. But I must have been stuck in traffic or something. But one time I remember looking over to my right and seeing it and seeing like this, this tree that was way too big to be in this building. If there was some sort of groundskeeper, this person would have gotten in there and like cut the limbs back. It was growing through the banister to the second floor and you could tell that the limbs were like going so anyway it's pressed up against a giant glass window so it was getting enough sunlight right uh life found a way it continued to grow that building could not keep it in it was going to shatter through the building come through the glass it did it shattered through the glass and went through the top of the building so uh yeah it's something you can't stop you cannot stop uh you know uh, the growth of plants you know life will find a way if you know have you ever heard or there used to be a show i guess it was on the history channel or something it was called like uh, earth after humans or life after oh, yeah, humans yeah 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 and it was about how basically it just uh, you know everything would buildings would collapse if we weren't here in them very shortly due with, to a lot of like overgrowth plants yes yes things, plant yeah. overgrowth so life would this planet if there were no humans on it would just become this gigantic rainforest yeah. it'd be really cool kind of like avatar cool, yeah. pandora and avatar <laughs> but uh yeah it'd be very cool but uh, you know malcolm's right here He's right. No matter what Dr. Wu does, uh, it's going to, uh, uh, beings will find a way to perpetuate themselves. You know, they will, and I'm sure that if you had enough, you know, there's, there's a theory that men are not going to be around on this earth forever. Have you heard this? Go that, ahead. That, that females actually are evolving to get rid of males. This is, there's a real scientific so is right. When she says later, woman inherits the earth. Woman inherits some, the some earth. truth to that. Yeah, there, there is a theory. There's a theory out there, and you can look it up yourself because it's got some, uh, some, some pretty zany stuff going on with it biologically, but that uh, some women are evolving to, <laughs> to not need men. And I know we have some female listeners out there in the audience who are probably cheering because <laughs> they won't be bothered or hassled by dudes yeah. anymore. So, right. um, um, but yeah, so that's that's one that's one way you you cannot control evolution. It's it's going to find a way, and I just I'm just going to re- keep repeating life oh, yeah, finds yeah, a way yeah. here because it's the core conceit of what uh, Malcolm is telling John Hammond here. What do you think about his statement when when Ian finishes saying that and he says, "Well, there it is," and John just goes, eh, "There it is." Yeah, he's pissed off. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's like, "No, this is that's not possible." It's like, and you, you you don't believe in what we're doing here. Yeah. You're scoffing at it. You know, the fact that uh, Wu even scoffs at it is the fact mm-hmm. that like these are men of science, and Hammond probably not quite the expert that Wu is, but the fact that they're laughing this possibility off is uh, just really goes to reemphasize their ignorance. Right. You know, yeah. and um, yeah. And I understand where they're coming from because, you know, they're upset. They paid for these people to come down here. Alejandro has prepared a great Chilean sea bass dinner for them. And all they want to do is just poke holes in the whole system. This thing that they've spent the better part of their life trying to develop, you know, this, you know, they've, mm-hmm. they've cloned dinosaurs, you know, for that's, that's the, the probably one of the greatest achievements of humankind yeah. in this movie, you know, other than like discovering the atom or, you know, curing polio or something. But, uh, there, who is this guy, this chaotician to come in here and question what they've done? Are they not gods? He's exactly sitting atop Olympus, right? He's exactly who they invited to say exactly what he's saying in this moment, and they don't want to hear it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. just John Hammond in a nutshell. Yeah. But um, there it is. So the I didn't ever really realize because you know this this minute does go on to the next minute, and I was taking notes for these these minutes. I, I noticed that. At the very end of this minute, when Grant discovers that they have, in fact, bred raptors, he spends a very, very, very long time stroking the chin of that raptor. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of great Spielbergian setup, almost like to a Hitchcockian degree, kind of like scene setting where, you know, uh, right before the end of this minute, when he's stroking the chin of the Velociraptor, when he says... 
what species of dinosaur is this? He knows what it is. Mm-hmm. He's trying desperately for not to get the answer back. It's Velociraptor because yeah. he knows what that means. But there's a very long pause. He's looking up. The camera tracks up from the raptor to his face. Half of his face is in black. Yeah. Steven Spielberg is just a master filmmaker. You know. He, yeah, he, he absolutely is. I mean, he understands the medium as best as anybody. And um, Jurassic Park has a lot of really interesting lighting going on, and this moment is no exception. Yeah. Uh, the way the light is... You know, on Grant, as he looks up, it's very foreboding. And then when he kind of cocks his face to the side a little bit, it hits his other eye. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, very effective. The, pa- um, the pacing, too, of the scene oh, the, where he's yeah, like, pacing. you bred raptors and Woo doesn't yeah. vocally respond. He just nods kind of with that this slow, look on his face, yeah. kind of like, yes, yeah, so what we bred raptors? Mm-hmm. You know, like, what, what what would be the problem in breeding raptors? Yeah. Very, Woo, you don't go down to the paddock often, yeah, do you? Right? <laughs> you know? Do you remember that thing that happened a few weeks ago? Yeah. The whole reason I'm here? Yeah. Uh, no, that that is a very eerie moment. Wu's response, like, yeah, yeah. You know, what's the what's the problem? Uh, you know, Steven Spielberg, I think, because of his financial success with some movies uh, before, maybe before this movie came out, maybe before Schindler's List came out, was kind of looked at as not maybe the most artistic director. Was Schindler's his first Oscar, uh, Oscar for best director? Um. Yeah, oh, well, for winning, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So up until this point, he had had financial success with the Indiana Jones films, you know, uh, Close Encounters. I, 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 mean, I could stand here all night naming all the movies. He invented the summer blockbuster exactly. at 27 years old. And, and and I think a lot of people held that against him uh, to, to a mm-hmm. lot of degrees. But you see little things in this movie, like this scene, the pacing in it and everything, how brilliant the guy is, his use of shadow, his this, use of music. Yeah, and this film really is uh, a prime example of how you can have a, a summer blockbuster. You can have a fun, fun movie and still have so much intellectualism to it. Yeah, this this movie just really brings that home for me anyway. Uh, there's so many moments where we're going to hear about these just these philosophical issues uh, when otherwise we would think we're seeing dinosaurs chasing people around. But no, you're getting like a 10-minute scene of adults sitting around debating the morals of this yeah. whole thing. And uh, I really tip my hat to the movie for that. And those are the best kind of movies in my mind. I, I love mm-hmm. action yeah. movies that have a philosophical core to them. Seven Samurai, uh, The Matrix, you know, movies that will dazzle you with special effects, thrill you with action, at the same time kind of make you uh, learn something a little bit or you know at yeah. least get, try, to, try to attempt to teach you something you don't get that for, these days you don't really get that from a lot of movies uh, but, no. uh, but uh, I do think that Steven Spielberg did a fantastic job with, with that here so yeah so there's something that always kind of takes me out of this scene and it's when Jeff Goldblum's uh, or Ian Malcolm's uh, demeanor kind of changes and he starts giving that sort of typical Jeff Goldblum delivery of his line yeah and it always kind of takes me out of it because this is not the guy that we've been seeing for the last you know 20 minutes or whatever and uh, that's not 20 minutes, like 10 minutes. And um, Well, I would say maybe in the last couple of minutes before this, we do kind of get a good setup from him where he's starting, you start to see the process in his mind where he's walking around the table yeah, with his hands true. behind his back. But but you're right, though. Up into that, these last few minutes, you've just seen him as kind of Lothario. He's kind of a funny guy. And, you know, you see him in the in the car in a minute when he's hitting on Ellie and like rubbing her hand and stuff like that. That's the Ian Malcolm that I think a lot of us remember. But... In this moment, he does kind. Of, you can see morally he is troubled, and ethically he is troubled yeah. with what's happening. Maybe here. that's what's triggering his delivery. Yeah, uh, in, the, in that typical Goldblum fashion. Yeah, and I, I, these are things I didn't catch until this viewing of the movie. I think too. You know, I, I saw that he was a hard science guy, but you know, noticing him, the subtle things that Jeff Goldblum does. You know, the sitting down in the chair and widening his eyes and talking directly, the hands motions yeah. he's doing to John. Like John, I'm trying to tell you something now. You know, this this will not take. This will not hold. Evolution's going to find a way to destroy your little system that you and Wu here have made. But uh, yeah, yeah. So that's minute number thirty-one. You got anything else for it? No, there it is. It, it, there it is. 
we found a way. There you go. No, <laughs> I, I want to say I didn't. Wasn't life finds a way? One of the the closers we wanted to use in the podcast where we yeah, decided we to had, go and hold on to your butts. Yeah, we had something that was probably better than hold on to your butts, but uh, it was something like that. And then maybe oh, I don't know, some stupid ideas. Yeah, but, but uh, yeah. But no, that's all I have for this minute. Great. Same here. Same here, folks. So this is a, is a pretty cool minute. Uh, we will find that, indeed, life does find a way as the movie goes on. These dinosaurs ain't going to be held down, man. All right. Well, you ready to get out of here? Let's do it. All right. Great, folks. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Kyle. I'm ready. And until next time, hold on to your butts. Jurassic Park Minute is a fan-supported podcast. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at JurassicParkMinute at gmail.com and visit us online at JurassicParkMinute.com, Facebook.com slash JurassicParkMinute, and Twitter.com slash JurassicMinute.